As a kid, I loved to push buttons to see what would happen in the museum. We've got one of those here. Oh, okay. So we actually have a real rope toe yeah. in here that we installed across the ceiling. podcast we're taking our fourth run together here today and it's an off-piste episode we're going to be going up to the washington state ski and snowboard museum and do a little walk around this is also going to be our first toe tip into the ground up series if you remember back to episode one where we talked about how we would like to tell the story of how each ski area in the region happened how it came to be uh, well, we're going to use the Washington State Ski and Snowboard Museum as an amazing resource uh, to that end. So I went up and I walked around a bit with John Sutherland, uh, who used to be a ski school director there at Snoqualmie and is now really involved in the museum. little background. In the early 80s, uh, there was a, a group called the Ancient Skiers. It was an organization dedicated to those who participated in the origins of the ski industry in the Pacific Northwest. And a few years after that, in the later 80s, the Ancient Skiers established the Northwest Ski Hall of Fame um, and have kind of evolved from there up until 2015 when the Washington State Ski and Snowboard Museum opened up on the summit of Snoqualmie. So pretty cool opportunity and a good resource for us as we start to lay the work uh, to make the Ground Up series. And uh, well, here it is. It's not raining as hard as it was. Temps are starting to drop. It's going to turn to snow. I'm up at Snoqualmie Pass, the summit at Snoqualmie and Alpenthal, currently parked in front of the Washington State Ski and Snowboard Museum. And I'm fortunate enough to have called these guys up and got them to come in about an hour before they normally open. Uh, today, it's a Friday, they normally open at noon and we're just coming up on 11 and we're gonna go inside and check out the Washington State Ski and Snowboard Museum. Hello. I snuck in. You are. I'm Jordan Elliott. Jordan, so Elliot. Hi there. How are you? Good. Great Pleasure. to meet you. Hey, thanks so much for. That's. I was telling Dave that your name at least yeah. sounded familiar to me. Yeah. Only for good reasons. Only for good reasons, of course. Always. <laughs> well, welcome to the museum. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Hold on. Let's get John mic'd up. Uh, my name is John Sutherland. I'm a board member of the Washington State Ski and Snowboard Museum and former ski school director and area manager up here on Snoqualmie Pass. And um, I still volunteer up here <laughs> to uh, show people around this great museum. The museum is run by volunteers, I understand a lot. Completely yeah. by volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I try to come up once a week yeah. um, and uh, kind of show people around. 
Cool. Well, show me around. All right. Um, well, I have to start with the uh, supporters board um, because obviously, if it wasn't uh, for them, with if, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. How this place got built, right? When you exactly. walk in the door, it's on the left. If you turn left when you walk in the door. Um, and then, um, if you just turn to the right immediately, um, you, t you see um, a whole area about our Washington snow sports venues. And uh, this is really kind of divided into different um, areas of, um, or different uh, types of places, type of venues. Um, so we've got Alpine Resorts, which are kind of the larger ski areas um, in the state, uh, Community Ski Hills. That's one of my favorites because I just love little community ski areas. Um, some helicopter snowcat ski and snowboarding operations. We've got at least two in the state. And then um, my one of my personal favorites is lost ski areas. I love ski area history. Mm -hmm. And um, we've had a lot of ski areas in the state um, that have closed. Um, and this is not all of them, but this is a good portion of um, the larger ones. Major backcountry ski areas and then Nordic ski areas because we have some tremendous um, backcountry and cross-country ski areas mm -hmm. in the state. So, mm -hmm. um, and this is all touchscreen, right? So launch videos. So, launch. if you want to look at um, a community ski hill, you just touch it. Oh yeah. And we've got six that were um, are on the uh, board right now, um, starting with Badger Mountain, and then Echo Valley, Hurricane Ridge, Leavenworth Winter Sports Club, and then Loop Loop, and then Sitzmark Lifts, all with really unique history. So, we try to capture that a little so bit. So, Sitzmark, I didn't know. The oh, you did. Badger okay. Mountain has just joined. Right. Okay. I know. I know of Echo, but I yeah. don't know them. And Sitzmark is a whole. That's a different language to me right now. Right. So if you just press on Sitzmark, that's what you get. <laughs> and so, um, and then you know you can just press next, and uh, it talks. So what I tried to do. This was actually my. Um, uh, content yeah. responsibility and so what I tried to do was get consistent information for everybody so then general information what activities they offer their operating schedule generally um, phone number and, and website um, so in their um, uh, I don't have everything for everybody but yeah. um, well, um, because you know they're community hills mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, anyway so we kind of go on from there sometimes I have a little bit more information and a and a better picture about everything. So, um, oh, cool. Well, then you just press home and you go back to the kind of prior big menu that you were at before. Yeah. Um, this one, I, I really want to go ski Loop Loop, by the way. Have you skied there? I wish I could this trip. I'm yeah. going up to Baker oh, okay. right after this Okay. for the weekend, and I it's wish 1200 I could. 1,200 vertical feet. It, yeah. I heard it's really, really fun. Yeah, so. I hear really good things from these guys. So, um, that's that one. And so, like, obviously, um, the Alpine Resorts will have more information. So we've got that, then we have this um, awesome map and there is a key <laughs> to the venues on the right so you can identify where these Alpine Resorts, Nordic Centers, Community Ski Hills, and some of the lost ski areas have been. Um, and so um, people do seem to enjoy this yeah, map I, I like to it. figure out where they are. And um, 16 lost ski areas. From the list over there, and yeah, there's all actually color -coded. more, yeah. um, but um, those are the ones that um, we've chosen to feature yeah. at this point. And those are, I love finding lost ski areas and going and checking them out. So here, where 49 degrees north right. is in Choyla, right? But there was another hill called Choyla, 
Yeah, that right there. That, that was the original, 49 degrees north. Oh, okay, so so same spot, just a new, new no brand. different spot actually. Oh, okay. So they moved the ski area, mm -hmm. you know. So, mm -hmm. um, and that used to be where the original 49 degrees north was. So gotcha. they actually moved that. Yeah. Um, and um, there is something on there about that. Uh, so, and then if you turn around and you walk to the other side, <laughs> museum, um, we've had an amazing history in the state of um, manufacturers, whether it be hard goods or uh, soft goods. Um, and so uh, there's a whole display on that, K2 being probably one of the most famous. Yeah. Obviously, that still has a huge presence here, but outdoor research is still um, still here. Uh, LibTech, GNU Snowboards, um, lots of manufacturers that have a real big history here, including um, uh, Wagner had a big presence here, I mm -hmm. believe. Right. Yeah, and you got a product here of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So lined up on um, So. Anyway, you can come in, there's, again, every display has a touch, most displays have a touch screen, so you can kind of look at more information on that and, and watch a video and yeah. hear some interviews as yeah. well as look at the hard goods yeah. and stuff. That's the original skate banana. That would be it. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> cool. Um, we've got this display here, which we're pretty um, proud of. This organization, Outdoors for All, found the Outdoors for All Foundation, which um, provides recreation opportunities for people with disabilities. That was uh, founded by Webb Moffat, um, and um, used to be called Ski for All. So it was originally started to yeah. skiing, um, but they do so much more now, and I don't think skiing's even their biggest program any longer. But, yeah. Um, and so that's why they changed their name. Yeah, they do quite a bit. It's, they're a big deal in the region, yeah, Outdoors for All. Exactly. And, and Webb Moffitt, for those remembering back on, right. who were listening of right. original founder, founding member yeah. of the Ski Association too. Right, and Debbie Armstrong was one of the, she was a founding chairperson um, who obviously everybody knows um, from her um, Olympic uh, ski days. Mm -hmm. So. Anyway, so they still do some really great stuff. So there's a whole uh, display about that and with some equipment, like a, a, an older sit ski and yep. things like that. So that's a really interesting exhibit. Yeah. Now this exhibit uh, celebrates um, Otto Lang, um, who was very famous in the Northwest and also became a filmmaker. So he did quite a bit of stuff. Now, um, eventually we're actually, uh, this was a, a display from the beginning of the museum, but we're going to be converting this to um, a display about snowboarding specifically. Okay. And so we're working on that right now. Yeah. Um, uh, but this is great. He's got some really interesting, um, he's got a super interesting background and um, was as responsible for uh, introducing skiing to this region as much as anyone. Um, so uh, Otto's a really, really fascinating man. Yeah. Um, we've had huge Nordic traditions in the state with ski jumping and things like that. We used to get crowds of hundreds, sometimes thousands of people coming up to Snoqualmie Pass or over in Leavenworth watching uh, ski jumping. And this display really celebrates that and there's a lot of history with it as well. This is the Nordic traditions, Nordic origins display. Washington's Nordic paradise. And then moving from there, um, we have Alpine Traditions, which is more, um, you know, obviously downhill skiing. 
One of my favorite things about this display is actually information on the silver skis race, which was this um, crazy race um, above Paradise on Mount Rainier where they would hike up uh, to Camp Muir and they'd have a downhill race with a, basically, I think, a Le Mans start yeah. um, <laughs> from there and ski all the way back to Paradise. And wow. so they, they have this beautiful award um, cup and statue in here um, that is just stunningly beautiful. Yeah. And um, some really interesting um, information on that race, um, including um, the route. Yeah, the map um, there is great. The, the bold text, a hairy, scary race <laughs> yeah. on the flanks of Mount Rainier. And it clearly was. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so <laughs> I'd love to see it happen again, but I don't think that's probably going yeah. to. <laughs> Are there any more of those bibs around? So there's a 1938 Silver Skis bib number 31. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's probably the only one <laughs> That left. might be the only one left. Yeah. Um, it's amazing, though. Um, and so this whole one corner of the museum is um, uh, dedicated to the, this Alpine traditions and the silver skis races as part of that Riblet tram com Tramway Company used to be a famous chairlift company that um, was out of Spokane. And in fact, that's partly how Mount Spokane was developed because they wanted to use that as a place to put chairlifts. Yeah, riblets. And they owned that for quite a while. Yeah, there's a single riblet, just single chair hanging up above us, one seater. Yeah. Yep. And uh, some beautiful old skis, because everybody loves old skis on walls. And <laughs> some old ski boots. And Not just museums, bars, hostels. Yeah. <laughs> Living rooms. Living rooms. <laughs> Have you heard of White Peaks Technologies? They provide hospitality software for ski resorts, golf resorts, hotels, and much more. All of their products interconnect and communicate using one central guest database to track your guests and better understand your market. We're talking point of sale, property management system, time tracking system, online forms and waivers for your online store, and more. Their software is easy to use, requires minimal training, and is extremely efficient. White Peaks Technologies. Check them out at whitepeakstechnologies.com. There's a huge um, tradition in this state um, of backcountry skiing. And, um, it's a whole wall now that's ski mountaineering. Yeah. And so um, there's some, this is one of my favorites because the, the video, um, the videos of the backcountry skiing is stunning and spectacular. Yeah. And it helps you realize what a, an amazing place we actually live in um, for this sport. Um, if you can access all that, terrain. yeah. So even just to look at it, if, yeah. even if you're not a backcountry skier, and to look at it, and if you're in the cities and you just look up from a distance and you can see Baker and you can see Rainier, go get on top of Crystal Mountain, go get on top of Stevens Pass, right. go get on top of Mission Ridge, and look. <laughs> Your mind gets blown. Yeah, it's it's. Um, we have some of the most spectacular alpine scenery and and mountains, frankly, in the world. Yeah. And, uh, this I think helps you really appreciate that. Now, my absolute favorite part of the museum, and I don't know why, I just loved it, because this, uh, so I grew up in the Maryland, D.C. area. Okay. And so I grew up going to the Smithsonian all the time. My parents were really good about taking advantage of, of those things that were there. 
as a kid, I loved to push buttons to see what would happen in the museum. We've got one of those here. Oh, okay. So we actually have a real rope toe yeah. in here that we installed across the ceiling. <laughs> and um, these are true Monolay wheels yeah. that were found near Hayek possibly part of the original ski area over there. Oh. Um, and if you come up where it says push to start and you actually push the button, it goes. Rope toe is going. <laughs> and there's a mannequin up there looking like he's ready to grab it. Uh, that is great. From the front door, I looked up and I saw a rope. Didn't know what it was. Yeah. Back here in the corner, push the button and turn on the museum. Yeah, obviously kids love it and, you know, yeah. uh, many times. They'll <laughs> come in here and run back in because we're connected to the restaurant, to yeah. the Commonwealth Pub. They'll come in here, push the button, run away, uh. things like that. So <laughs> that's actually my favorite part of the museum. Yeah, that runs so great. <laughs> um, and uh, then, you know, we have a, a wall, a little bit of a wall dedicated to Webb Moffat, and obviously Webb was one of the founders of this ski area up here on Snoqualmie Pass, or one of the first owners, and uh, eventually owned all the ski areas up here um, when Dave, his son, took over. Mm -hmm. um, they were man managed to be able to acquire all of them, and um, so. Uh, he was one of the people that introduced rope toes to this part of the world as well, and mm -hmm. um, so clearly a pioneer in the industry. Yeah. Well, it started um, the Ski Area Association, was one of its founders in 1958. Okay. Yeah. Wow. See? Yeah. You got around. <laughs> you got around. <laughs> um, and then we have to talk about Bob Cram, because Bob Cram is a famous Northwest artist who just did these amazing pictures, or drew these amazing pictures and posters of ski, skiing and every um, and skiing related yeah. uh, fun. And um, sadly, we lost him uh, just over a year ago, I think. So um, he's a, an amazing guy. We've got a uh, wall uh, poster dedicated to him with some information. Then another one of my favorite things we have here, somebody found this in their attic, um, is an old portable rope toe <laughs> that's on a toboggan sled. Oh, yeah, sled. yeah, flywheel down there and just ready to go. So you used to just drag this up the hill, post it to one, or, you know, post the top to one side, or side and then <laughs> you can run a rope toe anywhere you Enter wanted to. Enter to a tree or something. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. It's just really an amazing thing, and I bet you we could still get this to work. <laughs> oh, it's a simple old engine. Yeah. Just make sure it's got electric, Right. To start and make sure it's got air and yeah. the fuel's gonna burn. So, um, and probably um, our biggest display and one of our most fun displays is um, this whole display about people that have um, gone to the Olympics from the Northwest, from Washington State specifically. Mm. I say, I've said the Northwest a couple times, but this museum is dedicated to Washington State. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so each, there's four sides to this, and each side talks about different years, basically. So, so for example, been, this is 2010 to 2014. Edge. We've been covering the walls, and now we turn around to the center of the museum, and it's the biggest display taking up the whole right. floor space. Right, it's really a beautiful display. We've got metals in there. Um, we've got a crystal globe from the Mayer Brothers, a real crystal globe from the World Cup. Um, we've just got some really amazing artifacts yeah. here. And one of the most fun things you'll see on this is we have eight different races, um, Olympic runs, um, and you can... Oh, the video. Yeah. Right, so if you want to see Judy Nagel... Um, I do, hit it, yeah. Um, 
running, doing her Olympic run in 1968 in Grenoble. Just press that button and you can watch the video. Oh, it's on multiple screens. It's on two screens, yeah. The thing that always strikes me as funny now is they're not wearing helmets. No, <laughs> no. no. And uh, the skiing styles have obviously changed as the equipment has changed, but you can watch the Mayer brothers, Debbie Armstrong, do her famous run. Uh, Mark Batham, who is, has... Um, three runs. We got three medals there. Celebrate the Garrett Cap. 2014. And he has visually impaired. And this never ceases to blow my mind. And this has special interest to me because when I started teaching skiing, um, it was um, with visually impaired in Vail. You know, it was part of their, um, at the time called Blind Skier Program. Mm -hmm. So that was my introduction into ski instruction. This is at Sochi. Yeah. Yeah. I guess not. So we've got some really great um, video there of um, some Olympic runs from people from Washington State. Yeah. Um, and no, so we go cool. all the way back to 1936. Yeah. In yeah. Germany. Yep. Garmisch. And it's those guys that were the Paradise Valley, the Harry Scary Ski Run. The silver skis, yeah. yeah. Yep, the silver skis crowd. And so that's that's basically the museum. Yeah, oh, there's the crystal. Yeah, there's the crystal globe. Yeah. If you follow the World Cup, which I do, which is... Yeah, 1982 World Cup, crystal globe. That's beautiful. Well, that's good, just to walk about the museum. So and, plenty of deep diveable information in here. And you can even do a deeper dive because we have some wonderful books for sale. Yeah. And um, Spokane's got, history of skiing, early skiing on Soquali Pass. Got some postcards that are uh, Bob Cram postcards. So um, you can come up and get some Bob Cram artwork and uh, for very little money, under yeah. $5. And um, so, there's just, um, I think we have a pretty nice selection of interesting things you can take home with you. Yeah. And just that painting above it, the Snoqualmie right. Pass, big landscape wide view. And then we also have one separate of Alpental. Yeah, Alpental um, these too. prints that are quite popular, actually. Yeah. Ron Bomba. Yeah, those are great looking. And that is the Washington That's State Ski and Snowboard Museum. We're open uh, Thursday through Sunday, 12 to 12 to 5. We're trying to stay open on um, Friday and Saturday nights until 8. But again, it's all a little dependent on volunteers, but generally we can always do 12 to 5, yeah. Thursday through Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, great. And you can have something to eat right next door at the Commonwealth Club lunch, at the same time. I had lunch there yesterday. Or a beer at Drew great. Brew yeah. on the other side of us. Yeah. So, and we're just sandwiched right between. So. Yep. <laughs> and then just walk uphill to the lift. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks a lot for showing me around. Yeah, certainly my pleasure. It's just great to be able to show this to you. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, that was a fun little walk about the museum. Uh, didn't quite take us a half hour, but we also didn't really read everything. 
Um, I was just touring around the edges there. Uh, if you wanted to spend a little more time, probably about 45 minutes, maybe an hour to be really thorough in there would be really cool. And like you said, you could grab a grab a beer from either side and uh, just stroll about. It'd be, be a fun little uh, day to spend a little bit of your afternoon on an apre. And I was excited to really meet meet John there and be involved with the museum and be able to work with Dave Moffat, who used to own Stokalmy and founded the museum here. Because they're such a resource for what we want to do with the Ground Up series. While editing this conversation with John, it reminded me of a book. John was talking about at the beginning, if you if you remember back there, to the map on the wall of all the ski areas in Washington, past and present, including the lost ski areas. Well, Oregon has something similar going on, too. There's a book called The Lost Ski Areas of Oregon by Stephen Stenkamp. And little sneak peek. I've been talking with Stephen a little bit. We just got to get our timing right to maybe when I can go to bring the mics to one of his presentations or some way that we talk, talk about the Oregon's Lost Ski Areas also. So cool things that are all related there. And there's also another cool resource um, that's developing right now in the National Museum of Forest Service History in Missoula, Montana. Uh, there's a National Conservation Legacy and Education Center, and there's a couple of retired, long since retired Forest Service guys who are really wanting to tell the stories of ski areas on Forest Service land, which is really the majority of ski areas. And that's also a cool resource. I was happy to have met those gentlemen back in January and hoping I can stitch together a trip up to Missoula at some point where I can grab some information from those guys and get the mics out as well. So for you history nerds, this is kind of what that episode was about and exciting for me. I think it is going to take us quite a while to really complete the ground up series, but marketing directors, storytellers, you guys want to get in on this. Uh, let's do it. Hit me up podcast at PNSAA. Org. Follow that chair on out. Come on out to that red line. How y'all doing today? Good, how about you? Oh, it's living the dream, you know. It's another beautiful day in paradise. Here comes that chair, guys. Yeah. Enjoy. Ah, chairlift thoughts. Why is the day of the week so confusing? Today, in the real world, it's Friday, but what day is it? Uh, like my work week? Yeah. Wednesday. It's your Wednesday. It's my Wednesday. Today is my Thursday. Yeah, today is my Sunday, actually. No, it's not. Today's, it can't, it can't be Sunday. Because I'm not coming in tomorrow. So today's Friday. Today's my Friday. Today's my Thursday. Uh... <laughs> Mon I don't know. I don't have a weekend this year. <laughs> Day of the week is over here. Uh I know it's a Friday. For the real world. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Mine is uh Thursday. Thursday. This is my f Monday. <laughs> Why is that so hard? I get it. If you work in the normal world and have true weekends off, then it's a no-brainer. But Maybe this is your first year working at a ski area or really service industry at large where uh, seven days a week operations are happening. That's what you get. Check out Urban Dictionary. 
When someone works a steady job with two consecutive days off that are not Saturday and Sunday, the last of the five workdays is often referred to them as my Friday. Good luck explaining that one to your parents. That's your chairlift thought. I got to get out of here. But I did want to remind you that over at PNSAA.org, we've thrown up a podcast library that has lots of other podcasts, not just this one, but many others that you might dig on your way to work. So check that out. And you can also email us there to be part of the podcast because this puppy is yours. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so it pops up on your feed and give us those five star reviews. We'll see you next time on the mountain. What's up? Elbow, elbow, oh, bro. Elbow, bro. Not even fist bump. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, can you ski and record a little for our podcast? Cool. We have a podcast? Yeah. Every every ski area employee in the Northwest has a podcast now because I'm making it. Hey, hello. And this is it. Is this thing on? It's on. Every single day last year to all the lefties. <laughs> Be my Monday and be like, well, it's my Friday if I go on sick the next four days. <laughs> and they're like, ooh. I can do that. I can do that. It actually was dead. Made him come in, actually. I'm Goggy Foggle.